Vince. What's good, people? It's Shredge. It's Stone. And we're right here, right outside Barclays. We're hanging out, you know, cleaning up after the VMAs. You know, what a spectacular show that none of y'all watched. <laughs> because, as usual, the last 15 years or so, award shows are the definition of mid, of the exception of BET. BET is holding it strong. I remember back in the days, all those cool VMAs, Rage Against the Machine, Britney Spears, pre-conservatorship. If we fall, we fall wildly. Where the only thing we have is Doja Cat outfits. Yo, it, it, it's really crazy. It's it was like the lowest rated VMAs of of all time. Which it's, I guess I'm not surprised though. Like like really like the kids are like if it was like a TikTok awards, that shit would be like the highest rated awards like ever. Like come on, fam. Like like this is boomer energy, right? Basically, like Gen X is like the new boomer. And that's like what that's what this brand is. So I I, I can't be too surprised. It's right. it had mad pick me energy. It had mad three a.m. in the club, you know. Just I'll just take me home. I just want a warm place to sleep. <laughs> like like just do whatever you want. I just just please don't let me. Please give me some attention. Like like that's the kind of energy it had. But uh, but yeah, like I, like I said, I, I am not mad. You know, we need you need the YouTube clips. You know, what I'm saying you gotta you gotta put the promo out there. You know, the the, the music industry got a music industry at the end of the day. You know, what I'm saying so. You know, well, I, I understand. The, the, you know, the only thing I really liked about that and like the Met Gala. You know, you basically because in New York you have to be vaccinated to be in indoor spaces. So like you know you kind of know who's oh. vaxxed. Yeah. Who, who pay off the right people Shouts and Nicki to, Minaj uh, was not yeah not shots, one of them. <laughs> shots shots to the the the, the rapist like I was gonna say rape survivor fund but I'll say I guess the rapist survivor fund donator Nicki Minaj <laughs> considering her brother and her boo but yeah no it's a uh, yeah, and the sad thing is that's probably been the, that was probably the most interesting thing out of the whole award honestly that whole controversy. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. definitely. I mean, look, I don't, I don't sit around. Although I have to say that the Met Gala energy, I was, I was here for it just because it was like a good story about the return of New York, like the return of like things I can never get into. <laughs> but I realize but I'm still down for it. Still down for it because you know what? At the end of the day, the snark unites us all. We all gather True. together and we just like to play haters ball. We just, just sit there. It's like, what the fuck are they wearing? <laughs> 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 But oh, who man. arguably, I'll say at least on paper, had a really good week, VMAs included. Mr. Little Nas X finally yeah. dropped his debut album after all this hype, after all uh, after all this professional trolling. I will make an argument, a side argument. Little Nas X needs to start a marketing firm. True. Probably the best marketing firm out there. Just pure genius side. But he finally decided to back up that talk, that bravado with an actual full record. And I don't know about how you feel, but I think we know how we both feel. It's actually good. It's good. It's good. Like I'm not going to say it's great, but I, I will say a few different things. Number one, career-wise, this dude could have fizzled out two years ago, three yes. years ago. And we were like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know. And... Like, he didn't because he's always wanted to be a star. He always wanted to be, like, he was doing everything possible. Like, like Old Town Road was just him throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks, 
right? It was you know, it's just literally him like being like, okay, this is a song for TikTok. This is going to make me a star, right? So, given that information, I'm not surprised by this album because this album is very much like it's very Max Martin esque. It's very like I, there's like a lot of notes of like you know Avril Lavigne. There's a lot of notes of like you know I'm trying to do kind of over the top pop shift shit like interspliced with soundcloud rap right and i will say this this is not my target demographic um i i enjoyed it i did think it's a little bit generic don't dox me um but i also understand like his game plan right like he's trying he's trying to be your Katy perry lady gaga's like whatever um he's trying to go for that arena pop like mold but also being black, male, and gay, right? And I can't be mad at that, right? Like when I like I can't be mad at that at all. Um, so yeah, like I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like it was like it's some like in terms of of like pop albums, it's the best produced <laughs> major <laughs> album. You know, maybe south of maybe Doja Cat, or whatever. Yeah, yes. obviously it, it it will teach both Drake and Kanye a thing about production because the production values on this album are way above. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, Drake and Kanye. I I think is and I think you bring it back as the idea of him being a star. I mean, and he mentions it several times in the album. He's he's fucking hungry. He's somebody yeah. where it's like I was sixteen, living with my fucking living with my fucking parents. You know, not having to basically try to figure out how to make my life. And I'm kind of willing this together. And I think that, and I think you could both agree, Lil Nas X might not be the most talented singer. <laughs> no. And and definitely not the most talented rapper. But he's hungry. And I think that it's a callback to, because, you know, this is a weird kind of comment. But I remember recently, um, during Finn Staples' last, like, uh, cycle like like a promo cycle for his last record he kind of made mention about how like you know hip-hop is a unique art form because all you need to have is a story it's just like it, he's not saying that it's, it doesn't take any skill but it's the idea of hey if you've got a microphone or you've got that intention you've got that will you're and you're able to kind of put your pain in on paper not even pain but like if you're able to put your story on paper you could become a rapper and that's what's kind of been fascinating about little nas x where he's hungry i love the fact you brought up doja cat because i've been thinking about her too because when you listen to both records they're kind of both similar where they aren't really breaking the mold per se but they're both working on a very high level these are two young artists these are two people in their early 20s who know in the back of their mind they could fall off you know what i'm saying the world is not promised to them you know what i'm saying there's a lot of people who've got a couple of hit songs and, you know, they go from selling out, you know, like, let's say fucking, you know, 5,000 fucking venue places back to 200. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't want to yeah. kind of go eat. Actually, this is I, I'm, I'm getting my very West Indian old man here. One more tangent. Sleaford Mods. I was reading, a, you know, the beautiful thing about Twitter is how the fourth wall breaks a lot. So I remember some random guy was saying, and, and I'll be honest with you, I was never a big Sleaford Mods fan. But somebody was mentioning, basically kind of threw a Twitter comment out there where he was basically like, you know, yeah, 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 Sleaford Moss, new album is good, but it's not as good as their old stuff. And as Twitter's app to do, they came out of the skies and kind of made a comment and basically said, I've worked for four, I've worked for like 20 years of my life. I'm not going back to doing dishes. 
And then he basically said how, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we struggle between commercial viability and yeah. being having to go back. And he's like, I had, and I'm not going back to playing clubs with 25 guys in it. You know what I'm saying? And it's a balance of both because honestly, at the end of the day, we still live in a place where you have to make rent. And I think that, and I'm not going to say that, you know, capitalism drives art, but it's very interesting to see these two artists, Doja and Lil Nas X, kind of put their heart into pop music, which is generally, you know, traditionally a bad term for artistic endeavors. You know, ooh, it's True. pop. But kind of do it better than Kanye, who was trying to do experimental stuff with his, you know, pseudo gospel turn. And Drake, who pretty much is the king of pop in 2021. So it's been kind of fascinating to kind of watch these two youngsters kind of beat these old men at their game. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and I think, you know, the thing about Lil Nas X, which, I mean, I don't want to harp on it, but, you know, like one of the things that I thought was really interesting is is that this album, you know, minus some of the, like, you know, kind of the hip-hop, like, and, and like, obviously the Megan Thee Stallion collabo and the Jack Harlow collabo, right? There's a lot of, like, pop punk on this album. Yes. Which I was not really expecting you know i was expecting like the glorified soundcloud rap i was kind of expecting like some of like the, the more traditional pop riffs i was not truly expecting the pop punk which again is like really interesting to me right it's like a really interesting template for for Lil Nas X to kind of go like he's always been genre genre agnostic right he's always just been like you know what like the music is a vehicle i don't really care um but I, I thought that was really interesting. And, you know, I thought that, you know, with that, it could have been like some Jack Antonoff or whatever producing, but it's all like the same. It's all take a day trip, which is their like, oh, basically, nice. I know that. Yeah, like for the most part, it's majority uh, of the tracks are still take a day trip, which is, you know, like basically the group that um, Lil Nas X has worked with um, for a long time now, for like two or three years. So it's, again, like, when I look at all these things between the lines, I'm just kind of like, yo, this is this is so calculated what this dude is doing. But again, like also being like, I'm going to take these templates that like, you know, maybe are, I guess, palatable for white America, but I'm also a black gay dude. <laughs> the imagery is me being completely out, completely, you know, gay, completely like my ass is out everywhere. Like I am triggering so many people, you know. I'm like it's just like it's it's a really interesting kind of like combination of those two things. Yeah. And you know, I I feel like Lil Nas X is is, is very calculated at, at the way that he wants to to frame his his fame and success. The rollout was very calculated. Um. So I I thought that was really interesting. Even as somebody who's like I'm not a huge pop punk fan. But I'm kind of like I'm. I'm here for you. Yeah, you know, it, it's something where what shocked me is the fact of, like you said, towards the end of the album, particularly, it takes a sharp turn into pop punk, and objectively, those records work. Um, I think it's the second to last track. It's uh, I think yeah, Life After Salem. There's yeah. like a very simple guitar riff, but it ends in like a weird bent note, and it's almost a little noisy. The Miley Cyrus track works. Like it's it's something where you it's. He's just a really, like you said, he's somebody where he just knows how to kind of put things together. If, if, if the idea, if, if, 
if Drake and Kanye are kind of selling themselves as these curators, he's somebody where he knows that at the end of the day, Old Town Road crossed over to an audience, so why stay within genre? You know what I'm saying? If you've got Machine Gun Kelly out here playing fucking, you know, Blink-182 cosplay, Miles get that paper also. <laughs> so, you know, like, like I said, it, it's something where, like, you know, it's weird because, it's it, you know, the, the, the hip-hop fan in me, the, the, the hip-hop head, wants me to sit there and be like, nah, it's trash, blah, blah, blah. But objectively, it's a well-made pop album. Like I said, I, I can't be mad. It's like, you know, he went there, put it together, take a day trip like you mentioned, it's it's just a it's I, it's not my demographic per se, but I it, like I said in considering what's happening with major label hip hop, even when it's trying to cross over how badly it is. Yeah, you've got Migos putting out limp ass fucking records. We've got Drake just sitting there still acting like he's a fucking you know whining about bottle waitresses from, oh, bottle waitresses from fucking two thousand fucking eight. It's kind of cool to see somebody kind of like step their game up as far as just, you know, trying to play within this, you know, pop rap genre. So, you know, props to him. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's the thing, too. It's just like I, I, I right now, in contrast to those, those two albums, it's just, you know, Lil Nas X is, is, is definitely winning in terms of just kind of getting out there and, and kind of saying like, you know, I'm leading with production. The, yeah. You know, I'm leading with like this is going to be epic over the top. Like even like Industry Baby, some of those singles like have horns. They're very much reminiscent of like graduation era Kanye. Yeah. You know? Like like it's it's like this is stadium music, right? Yeah. And yeah, no, I I can't be mad at it. So yeah. So um, I guess uh, speaking about the new guard, I guess we're gonna talk about the old guard. Um. I never thought this would have happened, actually, but the Fugees. I'm not saying the Fugees because that's the way proper way to say it. The Fugees. The, 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 <laughs> the Fugees are reuniting. They're reuniting and they're playing a gig in like like a day or two, actually. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and, and on top of a full tour, um, I I mean, obviously, I'm pretty sure I've cracked a Lauren Hill joke here, you know, one, two, or five in the podcast, but I'm happy for them. I, I think that... Obviously, you know, there's been a lot of drama there, and rightfully so. I think that you had a case of, you know, again, I've definitely taken my digs at Lauren Hill, but you, we, we kind of have to remember she basically got in the industry as a teenager. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you know, basically grew up in there. You know, a lot of weird things happening, you know, as far as her dating Wyclef, as far as Clyde Davis. You know, you've got things like, let's say, you know, their band that kind of came up where their first record was like, uh, and it's only the Nappy Head remix that kind of put them on the map. Like, they've been yeah. through a lot. And I think as a result, because of the weird drama and the way everything kind of went down, they're a little underrated. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell somebody whose record went diamond that she's underrated. But I think that their impact on music and on hip hop is kind of making it a global platform. It's kind of not really given the respect. It needs to be given respect. And also, I mean, honestly, and honestly, at the end of the day for a legacy act, they could play two hours of hits like between like, you know, the actual records between fucking the score between yeah. Lauren Hill, between fucking Wyclef shit. Carnival, you know? yeah. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot and like I said, they have fucking collapse. So it's just like you've got fucking Wyclef producing early Destiny's Child. You've got Lauren Hill doing the Nas hooks. You got Proz with Ghetto Superstar. It's something where you could actually play a really good fun set. And I think that, you know, 
ideally if they pull it off it'll be a great show so it's something where i, I could easily crack my jokes about lauren being late and you know fucking you know gen actors you know showing up there you know getting the babysitter for the night out and shit but like i think it's good from the get their flowers i think that to a certain extent what well, talks about a lot about like hip hop in general and a lot of just just a lot of black music is that we're so easy to kind of throw things away and move on, and I yeah. think that they've got a legacy that definitely deserves to be celebrated. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm I don't think I'm gonna pay for the tour. <laughs> 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 I, you know, it's still a school night. I can't wait out. You know, five hours for Lauren, but I'm happy like they're getting they're touring. Oh, I, it's a relatively small tour. It looks like I saw only like twelve or thirteen dates. I'm hoping that as things hopefully become more normal, that maybe they kind of tour a little bit more regularly and they kind of get their vibes going. Because I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's good for them to end it on this note. Long story short, dramas. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and 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 yeah, like it, you know, this is probably my favorite musical surprise news of 2021. Right, like nobody was checking for this. I mean, Lauren Hill has kind of been bubbling up, you know. She was on the Nas uh, track, you know, Kanye sampled her for like his album. Um, so I, I was like, OK, cool. Like Lauren's kind of bubbling up, but she's also been bubbling up and kind of like, you know, disappearing, you know, like for the past few years now. Um, I don't think anybody expected this to happen. I know like they've tried to make this happen like years ago and like. I feel like there's, you know, obviously some bad drama and, and beef and blood and whatever, like between the group and some bad blood, you know. So um, obviously it's been this has been literally like at least 10, 15 years in the making. I forgot the last time they actually performed together. Um, and you're right. Like, like, number one, like Fuji's were a super group. Yeah. Like, like the score went like seven, eight times platinum. Like that that album was unescapable. Like when like back in the day, that album was unescapable, right? And you know, then like I said, like you said, like Lauren Hill, White Cliff, like there there's so many hits between them. Um, that yeah, I, I'm glad that we were able to kind of revisit and give the group and the individuals like the the respect that they deserve. Because yeah, like. They kind of fizzled out, and we all were just kind of like, all right, cool, on to the next. And, you know, I don't think we ever got the chance to be like, yo, like, these, this group needs their due. I'm so happy to see they're playing arenas, basically, right? Like, they're playing, like, large-scale venues, which I don't know if they did, like, back in the day. You know, I don't think they, they played, like... <laughs> you're right. By the time it all went down, they might have never even had a chance to play. Like, you're right, actually. Right yeah, like, tw- like, 20, yeah. So- like headline 20,000-seat venues, basically. You know, so it- it's really kind of great to see that. Um, you know, I entered the lottery to try to get that, that NYC ticket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um... And, you know, like, I'm just, yeah, like, like same. I'm just happy to kind of see um, them come back and get, you know, the respect that they deserve and also, like, do this little victory lap, you know, and, and hopefully more people, as the no reality gets out there, like, revisit some of their old stuff um, and just really, like, give them the, their props because, I mean, they literally were kind of doing Drake-level numbers back in the day. Yeah, you know, it's like I said, it's crazy the fact of where I'll say between them all, they probably sold maybe not a full twenty, but close to twenty million copies. 
And then they yeah. kind of disappeared, and it kind of sucks where, you know, like I said, I, I want to see more Black Legacy acts touring. I want to see, like, you know, obviously in 2021, Guns N' Roses isn't Guns N' Roses of 1991, but I like the fact that they're able to kind of show up there and play arenas and kind of get, you know, play, you know, get their money, get their propers. And I think we need the same for, like, hip-hop, too. So it's like, I, I can't, like I said, it's, it's very easy to joke, but at the end of the day, I think this is a very good thing, and I'm happy they're fucking doing it. And then, like I said, hopefully yeah. they pull it all off. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then, uh, yeah, just uh, an old uh, pro tip. Uh, I would definitely recommend you show up there later than earlier. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if the doors are at seven, womp, womp. I'm just gonna say get the babysitter for like nine, maybe. Womp, you know what I'm saying? G- give a little, give a little buffer. You're gonna find yourself drinking a lot <laughs> while you're waiting. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, mm. they they have to have like they need to have like ten openers. Like they just need to like have every everybody and their mother like like all like failed rappers from like ninety three ninety four that we've never heard of, like you know just to keep us entertained for like the three hours it takes for them to go on stage. Like Mike Geronimo <laughs> comes out and shit. Yes. <laughs> Ill Al <I'll> Scratch. <laughs> like <laughs> it becomes like this weird versus show now. <laughs> They have the time. They have the time. <laughs> they will absolutely have the time. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, what else is there? Huh? Rich people are getting richer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, including us. We, we got that universal stuff. Oh, true. We, we're good. What am, we're how, good. How am I saying? We're, we're talking. You know. We're in the yacht right now. What am I talking about? <laughs> oh, oh. Talking, talking about you poors out there. But we're, we're fine. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, so Universal Music went public, I guess this week, um, and apparently the stock went gangbusters. The value now of Universal Music was 60, is $63 billion right now. I guess like three or four years ago, that value was like $8 billion. So obviously it's increased like, you know, I don't even know what the math is. Um, I, I, I let <laughs> I let the servants do the math for me, apparently. <laughs> um, but, you know, obviously it's increased, you know, almost tenfold. Um, Lucian Grange, who's like, I guess, like the music mogul behind Universal Music, is pretty much going to like walk out with 300 mil in like a day. Mm, um, smells fishy to me. And then, you know, 90% of uh, music artists uh, are making nothing. Yep. Cereal. It's surreal and, uh, you know, rent moratoriums. That's what they're relying on. So uh, this is this is definitely a, a fair thing. Definitely fair. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's crazy. It, it's definitely something where it's weird, too, because, you know, obviously the value it's 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 weird for me because like 10, 12 years ago, I was I was, quote unquote, in the music industry and streaming was taking hold and like the, the labels hated streaming they're trying to kill it. They're saying it's a fad. It's only like dudes in their basements and shit like that, right? And they're like, they're basically like, I'll never financially recover from this, right? And like twelve years later, look at them, right? Like, <laughs> hand over <laughs> fist, the most. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, obviously it wasn't planned, but they couldn't have planned it any better. Where, where yeah. somehow is this like? From the tradition from physical media to digital media 
they're able to lock out artists even more so than they were able to. They, you know, if they were getting fucked before, they're getting fucked now. Yeah. And it's kind yeah. of depressing where, you know, at the end of the day, we, we're on this podcast because we're music fans. You're feasible listening to this podcast, you, you listeners out there, because you're music fans also. And it kind of sucks because, you know, they're getting rich off the back of other people's labor and artistic labor. It's like, you know, none of this is kind of, you know, none of this really helps music. It kind of, you know, it just kind of just shows you what the status quo is and like how hard it is to become an artist in general, but particularly now and surviving your fucking art. I, I think is, you know, if I have to put on my weird finance brain, we shouldn't necessarily be surprised because you remember a couple of years ago, the big thing was private equity firms were just going up to Madonna being like, here's a, here's a blank check, motherfucker. Give us all yeah. your fucking shit. So it kind of makes sense that, you know, eventually we would kind of lead to this place of where, you know, these larger corporate entities, their entire fucking company would get bought up by these fucking investment firms. And I guess like, you know, it's, it's a weird time, you know, again, as, as me and me and, as we slum it here, me and Stone on our yachts, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we wanted to go elsewhere. We wanted to be in the Caribbean, but unfortunately we're just in the Hamptons. You know, we were discussing. You know, it's the idea of where, you know, with the economy going the way it is, the rich are getting richer. People are investing. People have money. People are flush of cash. And as you kind of see with the, you know, market the way it's going, everybody's putting their money into these stock markets and everything is going up. Your meme stocks, everything else. It's not really surprising that music is popular because music is life and you know these songs aren't really going anywhere so it's like you know the idea of these songs getting placements and everywhere else you know it's it's money at the end of the day and like i said what sucks about it is the idea of where you know it's just the artist kind of gets locked out with these deals whereas it's like it's cool you know ceo makes a lot of money that's something you never hear about in america but it would be nice if like you know maybe your indie rock fucking band who's fucking you know still paying off college loans three or four successful tours in could kind of get a little screwed also yeah one of the most interesting things on twitter was just kind of like you know like like if you work at a startup like a lot of startups will give you equity in the company Right. They'll give you like, you know, whatever. And like the goal is obviously if the company rises in value, your equity wire rises in value and, and your paycheck does too. Um, and obviously it's a very capitalist kind of like white male thing. But the conversation, it was kind of centered around the fact that why aren't artists getting equity in universal music? Right? Why can't like an artist get like an equity share? So when this type of thing happens, you know the artists get paid too. Because like basically you have this this thing that's make like making money off the back of these artists' work, and these artists are really not getting paid anything. They're like you know for the most part they're paying into this right because they're getting these label advances which are loans, and like they have to pay it back, you know. Um, what would be a world where like every artist on Universal Music has an equity share, right? Like, what would that look like? Like, Lucian Grange really does not need three hundred million dollars. You're talking about a, a company is now valued at sixty three billion dollars. You do we the world does not need all that money, right? Yeah. And if every artist from like you know I don't know like you know Billy Eilish to the weekend all the way down to like you know, like the, the, you know, the band that the intern signed <laughs> had an equity share, you know, I mean, that would be amazing. And, you know, it's really interesting now because there's a conversation around some of these other labels. Cause now like Warner music is going to be like, yo, like 
Universal's got this much. Like, let's go out. Let's let's do this, right? And you know, in a perfect world, like all these other labels would just be like, "Yo, you know what? I'm going to give artists equity share." So we get through sixty-three billion. That artist is even if they got like a hundred thousand, right? Like <laughs> to that artist, I mean, that's 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 like a two-year salary probably, right? Um, and I think that's that's kind of where the conversation is shifting now because, you know, it's a, such a predatory industry. Um, and just like to have these dudes like continue to make bank um, while we know it's predatory, uh, it's just not sitting right with people, you know. So it's just kind of like we tried to protest and make it more equitable that way. And some people are just saying like, yo, let's just play the game. You know, let's, let's ask for equity. Let's ask for shares. Let's ask for like a piece of this pie. So I can't be mad at that either. You yeah, know, they, they have it coming. And like I said, it's the idea of where I, I get. I know there's industries like this, but it's hard to find an industry where the difference between the product and the workers that make the product and the person that owns the product is so vast. It feels like yeah. it's it's like, like yeah, it's just crazy to me where, because like I said, this is literally people's blood, sweat, and tears where, you know, they're out there, they're rehearsing, they're practicing, they're touring, they're missing their families, they're doing X, Y, Z, and then that's it. Like, like, it, it it goes into a digital library, a couple of physical copies. It gets old, and then on the back end, it give you funny math where, like I said, the advanced aid loan you suddenly you owe. You know what I'm saying? And issue rule number four thousand and eighty, and it kind of sucks. And it's just like, you know, I don't know. It's you hope that these things wouldn't happen, or like you said, to be fair, and if people would have equity, and it doesn't. All you can hope for is that you know with the rise of places like Bandcamp, with things getting flatter, that hopefully big tech is a little bit slower. Whenever the, long story short, whenever there's the next paradigm shift, that hopefully big tech is a little slower on the uptake as they were with the move to digital, and artists can take advantage. That's all. True. And True. Uh, eat the rich and guillotines. That's all. <laughs> That's my All message. right, AOC. I try my best. Try my best. <laughs> all right. Uh, I have one throw in I want to kind of put into new music it kind of piggybacks off a conversation about Doja Cat and Mr. Lil Nas X Industry Reserve dropped a new album I'll be honest with you Industry Reserve I liked them but I wasn't heavily sold on them long story short they're a band from Arizona um the producer and one of the MCs basically worked at a streetwear shop with the third MC older dude older meaning like you know they were probably like 15 he was like 22 <laughs> um started a rap group very successful um i used to always love the production um very great producer i, I could definitely see him in, the, in like on a place like brain food in the future there's very very great minus for the production concerns mps are very solid um Long story short, they had the last album that was the debut, had a really good glow up. They were out there touring, and unfortunately, the older gentleman, who's probably, sadly enough, when I say old, I hate saying this, like late 20s, maybe early 30s, died mm. suddenly. Died suddenly last year when we had all the other Black Death. Um, around that time, they're working on the album. Um, the last two members kind of cobbled together, kind of put it together and put it out. And it's called By the Time I Get to Phoenix. And it's fantastic. Um, Definitely, it's an album about mourning. They have a they have a video around called Knees, which is basically just like almost like a, a chopped up blues song. 
And it's just basically both the members, surviving members on stage, empty stage, heads down, and just like lights flashing. It's kind of just feels like morning almost. And that's the kind of thing all over this album. Um, I don't want to go too hard, but honestly, for me in the past, the production was always the most interesting part of what they were doing. But here it feels that everybody stepped up their game, including, you know, the member who passed, the current living member, and the produ- and the producer is just a really well-made fucking package. Kind of sucks because they would have liked to see what have happened for Grox that have been around to kind of see them kind of make this really step up in their fucking artistry. But it's almost like a weird Radiohead leap, to, dude. It's just like out of nowhere. It's just like a lot of crazy productions. The songs are all stuttering. It's just a crazy, crazy glow up. And kind of bringing it back to my point about Lil Nas X and Doja Cat is where, you know, if you look at Drake and what he was doing commercially and seeing how, like, you have these two artists who inevitably were influenced by him kind of make those moves because you've got this record here of a, of a dead a group member because it's a, it's a thing of mourning around it. You've got a lot of nods towards Kanye. You've got some songs that remind me a lot of 808s and Heartbreaks here. But mm. at the same time, it's kind of ironic where these young dudes and i hate to say it like this is gonna sound fucked up but i feel like they've found a way to honor their fallen bandmate more so than kanye west did where he just kind of threw his mother's name on the album for a couple of samples and it kind of sucks and it's like you kind of see you feel the fact of they cared you feel the fact of where for them to cobble up all those tracks and put it together was probably fucking you know, excise in hell where they're sitting in the room listening to the dead friend rapping and trying to fix, edit his shit. You know what I'm saying? It's It had to have yeah. sucked. And I think at the end of the process, they've got an album here that's, you know, just spectacular, well-made, just pushing the genre forward. And, you know, I've been thinking about it. I'm like, maybe it's time to get up to the young kids. You know, I, I think course. at this time, is I think maybe we need to have a moratorium. On a, and if anybody's rapping over 30, hell no. I don't know. I think it's time for you to retire. I may, actually, I was having this conversation with DJ Tara. I'm like, maybe you need to go like it's like the fucking major league baseball. You have to go back to you get downgraded to the fucking <laughs> to the B league. <laughs> you have to show that you're worth it. You know, you're, you're, you haven't you haven't sexually assaulted anybody. You're on a trumper. You got to prove yourself again once you hit thirty and shit. You have to go back to the beginning. You get you know, banished to I band actually, camp. I actually, actually, I'm down with that. Right, like. You get banished. You have to have like go back to mixtape world. That piff, <laughs> exactly. That piff. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta work your way back up. It's yeah. That's, that's I'm here for it. I'm, I'm telling you because it's like to a certain extent. It's and and it's though and and in the, and obviously there's always that running joke about how rap tends to throw away its elder statesmen, and we definitely do. And I think if you could make the weird argument that if you're looking at anything for the last couple of years. Culturally, as far as people who are moving the, fo- the, the the medium forward, looking at your arm and hammers, looking at like fucking, you know, it's it's been a lot of the older cats. That said, in the major label world, woof, woof, it's, it's been yeah. very very rough as as a listener because you know, generally we started this podcast all over music. You know, we definitely cover some indie stuff, but you know, it's not hard to fuck. It's I, I can say it's not hard, but it's hard to avoid when a new Drake album comes out. It's hard to avoid when a new fucking Kanye West album comes out. We feel like we have to cover it. It's kind of been disheartening where you've got these dudes with all the platform, all the money, and they're kind of honing it in. And it's kind of interesting to see, you know, I, I, I maybe hip-hop works well when you're hungry. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Or have something to say. Maybe when you become rich, maybe when you get that universal IPO money, you ain't got much to say. That's the problem. 
I mean, I feel like that's that's a lot of, of genres. Like, like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some genres that, like, you know, kind of, or some artists that are able to, like, their second album, they're still gritty. But a lot of people, that, their second album, whew. I, like, I, even, like, somebody like, like, Tune Yards. That first album when she was homeless and she was recording it on, like, an eight-track cassette, like, that's grit. And now it's like, you know, she's got the full studio. She's got the backup dancers. She's got the horn section. You know, you kind of lose something there. True. Uh, that's everybody. That's everybody. I don't know, but you look at look at look at look at Tom York. Look at Radiohead. I feel like he comes True. in there, be like, "Yo, we're making this album only from sample kazoo's. That's it. Sample kazoo's, <laughs> and I'm rapping backwards. That's 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 LP nine. I, I just think that you kind of have to find new corners, and you know, I, I don't want to kind of hype it up, and and you know, I. I you know, particularly with this, because it's, it's a touchy subject. They, they lost their brother. But it's kind of interesting where, you know, in this case, they're kind of able to ride that and make it. And I hate the, the, the cliche where, you know, through pain comes great art, yada, 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 because that's bullshit. And it's also kind of reductionist. But it's kind of interesting to see these dudes power through to put it out a great, a great record where, you know, in contrast to the major label rap peers, they've got everything in the world. And it's just kind of like, meh, whatever. You know, put yeah. You know, throw some gospel samples. You know, some auto tune and put that bitch out. We'll, we'll figure it out after the yeah. fact. I so I, I I will say this, and I know we have to end it. I did listen to a few tracks of Injury Reserve. I thought it was really interesting, really unique, um, really inter- like just super like kind of interesting approach. Um, I feel like what's probably going to happen with a lot of these artists too, where it's just like a lot of this production is probably going to get like janked. <laughs> <laughs> Get, get jacked by like you know <laughs> jank gank jacked um from like you know kanye like three years from now yeah you know yeah um so listen to it while you have the chance <laughs> get ahead of the curve get ahead of the curve and, and support support rappers who care i'm inside a foundation rappers who care but it's not like about like fucking giving away not for profit it's just like who actually care about music you know? <laughs> are you out there struggling wondering are your beats tight are your rhymes right Come to Rappers Who Care. We'll help you get your shit tight. We'll help you put out records with meaning, singles with meaning. You know what I'm saying? We'll help, we'll help you put, push the art form forward. <laughs> oh, man. And on that note, uh, you know, support. You know, I was joking before, but seriously, support local hip-hop. Support indie motherfuckers. They're actually pushing the paradigm forward. You know, yeah. shouts to Injury Reserve. Shouts to fucking... You know, Mike, Shasta fucking Blue Navy, Shasta fucking Don Will, Shasta Von P, Shasta Tiny Morgan. Yes, yes, Shasta Tiny Morgan, like Lucid, out here in these streets. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Sky all these Zoo. motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? They're yeah. holding it down because at the end of the day, and, like, and you had a great point. It's just like the shit they're putting out now, you're going to see here conspicuously sound alikes in a couple of years from now. You know, buried somewhere in the middle of a Kanye West album, a certain, certain, certain bars, certain production techniques. So, you know, support them while they can. Give them their flowers while they can. Give them, give them money. These niggas ain't on Universal. These niggas ain't CEOs. They're struggling. Struggling. <laughs> Buy their merch. Go to their shows. You don't have to go to their shows. Buy the ticket. Stay at home. You know what I'm saying? Just put, buy, support them somehow. You know what I'm saying? I have made donations. I've bought tickets to things I've not attended oh. like in 2021. Bruh. I, I remember I remember there was a there was a punk show. I was like, damn, I wish I went. I wish I should damn I should have cause I remember I was like I wanted to go. I was like, damn, it's sold out. I was like, damn, I wish I went. Like two years later, I was like, oh I had tickets. I just fucking forgot. 
And I'm like, you know what? It's all good. It's all like, good. Charge to the game. Charge Donation. The game. Like I said, it's you know, so, people gotta uh, eat. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I, I am not my, Lord knows I spent my I spent my money on liquor, weed a woman. That's, 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 that's my, my blues voice. My, I'm coming off blues album, but you know, it's, mm. it's it's like at the end of the day, we're all struggling. But I I do think that you know, COVID is still around. It's still tough touring. You know, when you can't support these artists, you know, obviously the record labels aren't. So you know, in that case, you know, what I'm saying, support them, support yourselves, support us, support us. You know, what I'm saying, if you, I mean, not us. Come on, we're we're here chilling, man. You know, what I'm saying. Well, I, mean, I got yeah, I got my I got saying, my Cuban like, cigars here. You know, what I'm saying, I got my personal. I, I hired know. Fat Joe to come out here perform on my helicopter platform. I'm here chilling. You know, what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> But on, on a serious note, y'all, take care of each other. Take care of take care of people you don't know. Take care of strangers. It's like you know, be good. You know, what I'm saying times are still tough out there. It's still rough, and you know, we let's let's try to survive until the next year. And uh, you know, keep pushing shit forward. You know, we love y'all. Peace. Peace. Later.